Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Thread. Yes, good sir. to be here. Good, good to see you so clearly. Uh, this is not a day that you'd want to do an episode outside. Smoke is still here. I mean, it, it was crazier yesterday, but let's. I guess let's start. Let's start there. Let's start discussing that story. Um, there's a story from the Babylonian Bee. Eric Adams calls on all New York residents to Hello. blow really Babylon. hard. Babylon, Babylon Bee. What did I say? Babylonian. That would be a better name for them. They should have called the Babylonian Bee. How about the, uh, the Baloney Bee? <laughs> yeah. To blow really hard to our cannon on an account of three. Yeah, but, that, that, yeah, but that's, that's satire. You know, they don't, they're not serious about that. Although, considering that there are 20 million people in New York, maybe even 40 million by this time, if everybody was blowing the direction of uh, Canada, maybe we could actually get something done. Although, I have yeah. to tell you, it was pretty bad yesterday. And, um, I don't know. I speak to a couple of people. I don't want to say their names that are conspiracy theorists. And they have all kinds of ideas how they're trying to force climate change on people. Because most people, most average people are not buying into the stuff about climate change and the temperature uh, going up a half a degree over the next uh, 30 years. You know, and John Kerry flying all over the world trying to save the planet. And uh, AOC saying the planet only has... Earth, planet Earth only has nine years left before it ceases to exist. Well, you know, I don't, I don't understand because it's, it's been pretty cold this June so far. Mm. It's been pretty cold. And, <laughs> and what does a for, what does a forest fire have to do with climate change? Didn't a, didn't a leftist start the fire? I don't know. Canada? I don't know. I don't know who started the fire. I don't know. I heard there was also a forest fire in Jackson, New Jersey. Is that true? There was, yeah. Well, how did that start? Did someone burning the chametz off season? I, I I don't know, but we know that this smoke, believe it or not, is coming from a fire in Nova Scotia. Um, there is a viral video that is going around. Um, for those who are watching, I will show it. Just give me a second. But there's a viral video going around of a helicopter flying around in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. I think it's Nova Scotia. It's in Canada. Yeah, okay. And they are attempting to put out the fire. Wow. What, pouring water on it? How they, what are they doing? Chemicals? Water? Hang on one second. They're, they're, well, really, they're, they're attempting to put out the fire, but there's only one problem. Mm. You want to know what the problem is? Yeah, what is it? Let me know. I'll show you the video. You, you can decide for yourself. To me, it looks like that helicopter is lighting stuff on fire, not putting out a fire. It looks like it's uh, spewing fire. Look at here. I'll show it again. Let me see it again. Let me see it again. One one more time. I don't know. If we can get all the kids to get, you know, fill their water guns with water, every kid. You get their water gun and go near the woods and start using the water guns. Maybe be able to put out those fires. But so, I don't know. So, Here, one second. Here. So ba- I just want to say this video I showed, there is a tweet that accompanies it that says there are many videos like this on Twitter saying Canada is putting their own forest fires with fire on fire with helicopters. The videos are real, but it's actually a method called backburning to fight fire with the help of fire. Mm-hmm. That's a it's an old cliche. Fight fire with fire. 
Yeah, interesting. Well, you know, they say crossing, yeah, for, uh, in the summertime, usually a lot of people, I've seen it in most Hasidim especially, uh, when, when it's very, very hot outside in July and August, they drink a very, very hot cup of tea. Okay? Why? And it, I don't know, it cools you off somehow. The two, the, the heat and the hot drink somehow it re- reverses the process and it cools you off. Is it a mid hug or? I don't know. It could be like the My Pillow guy, My Pillow 2.0. The guy says he has a pillow that stays cool. Did you know that? That's cool. No, that, that, that I've heard of. I've heard I'm, of those types of pillows. You know, I, I bought his first pillow and I can't use it. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to buy a second pillow, even though he's selling it for $29. I'm not buying a second pillow. I don't have faith. I don't, I don't, I don't have faith Listen, in those kind of things. Every everybody's thinking how how is our fire in Canada causing there to be an, an abnormal amount of smoke and poor air quality in New York? Um, well, it has to do with how the wind is blowing. You know, it's been it's been a very windy day yesterday. You know, and uh, <laughs> I think I heard the weather this morning. This is what they say by the weekend, by tomorrow or Shabbos, it's gonna the the wind is changing direction. There's another kind of uh, uh, front coming in from a different direction it's going to blow the smoke away they, they claim really okay that's good um, a lot of people had fun with this a lot of memes a lot of a lot of good Jewish humor going around about the Rabbanim urge people to end the COVID minyanim because of the, the poor air quality good good humor good stuff so yes it was very good stuff well, people were able to people were able to get their jokes in. Listen, people have to get out with their lives. You know, the public schools in New York, by the way, are closed today. You know, any they take any opportunity. I don't know where I don't know where it is up by you in Rockland, but they take any opportunity to have teachers stay home and get paid. Okay, and yeah, but there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of there, there wasn't a lot of snow days this year. So you know what? Oh, so they're using those days it, now. Maybe they're using those days it. now. But the whole idea is the whole idea. You think those kids that are giving up from school so they shouldn't have to go out to go to school, so they might breathe in the smoke. You think they're all home, just uh, you know, uh, having breakfast three or four times? They're out in the street. No, I, I think to be honest that the the smoke today we're, we're talking on Thursday, June eighth is is far better. I mean, it's far better outside than it was yesterday in June. Okay. 7th. All right, good. So, uh, it's, it's, so it's improving. Let me tell you about yeah. an interesting lawsuit in Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, the Karastir Shul, okay. you know, Shai The Karastir yep. Shul uh, was, sued the city of Miami Beach for um, uh, harassing them and fining them for um, um, using their pillow. It's in a private home, using their shul as a private home. Anyway, they sued the city of Miami Beach and they won the lawsuit. And Miami Beach is uh, giving them one point three million dollars. Um, Not bad. Okay. Good okay. For them. They resolved. Uh, they agreed to pay one point three million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars more than the buyer on behalf of the congregation paid. And it's a hundred thousand dollars more than the uh, building was worth uh, when they bought it. So what was going on here? Um, they, they claimed the city of Miami Beach was harassing them, and they were open during the whole time during COVID because they claimed they're not a shul. They claimed they're a private home. It's a private residence, and only people can come there are people that are invited there. And you could, even during COVID, you're allowed to invite people into your home. Maybe it wasn't advisable for health reasons or some other reason. But at some point, once things uh, calm down, people invited people into their home. So they claimed they were in a shul. They were visited by inspectors over a year and a half period 
126 times, almost every week, they were inspected and giving fines. And the city of Miami Beach put up cameras to keep the uh, shul under surveillance. So, uh, so they sued and they won, and they have to make certain them. they have to make certain changes to the way they uh, operate. They have to, um, uh, uh, you know, make it. Let, they have to have. They can't use loudspeakers. One of the concessions is they can't use loudspeakers. I don't know what's why they use loudspeakers in the first place, and they can't dive out. Can't dive in outside. And uh, and they're getting uh, like I said, one point. Uh, what did I say? One point five nine million dollars they're uh, getting from the city of Miami Beach because the judge ruled that they were being uh, overly uh, harassed uh, by the right. uh, by the inspectors. So that's the Kerastir. That's the Kerastir Shul. I'm not, not sure exactly where it is, but it's in Miami Beach uh, somewhere. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them getting getting what they deserve, getting that money. <laughs> Um, All right. What else are we going to talk about? You were going to ask me that same well, question? No, I wasn't. Um, I see a story here that Rockland Hatsala honors a child who saved friend from a grievous injury. Yes, a young I, child was honored. He was honored by Rockland Hatsala after his quick and decisive thinking saved his friend potentially being gravely injured during an accident. Nuta Markowitz, the son of Rockland Hatsala member Rami Markowitz, was with a friend when the, when the latter was struck by a vehicle. Nutta exhibited exceptionally swift thinking and sound judgment, immediately dragging his injured friend off the street, preventing a second vehicle from hitting him as well. The victim is now recovering from his relatively minor injuries, and Nutta is being hailed as a hero. In recognition uh, of his courageous act, Rockland Hatsala presented him with an award and an honorary Hatsala ID card. Uh, and there's some picture, and there's some pictures here. Very cute, um, good stuff. Got to always, uh, got to always. Think quick and and uh, a shout out to Nutta for being the the hero of the day here on the Daily Thread. What do you say about that? I think that's uh, that's great when uh, when people could uh, take uh, you know initiative and spring into into action uh, and uh, you know and, and help other people. That's uh, the uh, that's the name of the game. That's the primary uh, thing that we are about and that we are been created for uh, to help uh, our brothers and uh, and sisters. Um, yeah, you want to play that clip that I sent you from that uh, that uh, minister? Uh, did you happen to see it at all? What you talking about? Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a it's a three minute clip. What is she? What no, is she no, saying? No, uh, she was she spoke at a dinner Monday night, uh, which was which was in honor of uh, the UN ambassador, Israel's new ambassador, Gilad Erdan, and uh, she talked about uh, how how important the Haredim are to the state of Israel. And that they're the greatest resource to the state of Israel, and uh, she said that in her estimation, the Torah community and the Haredim are Israel's Iron Dome. They are the yeah. protectors. They are the protectors of Israel. You should. She has. She has an amazing speechwriter. That's all I could say. That's great. Uh, That's great you, say. you should find it and you should play it because uh, it's like less than a three-minute clip. I took a small clip of it, and I think people would. I must not be looking at the right thing. I see two minutes of six seconds. That's not it. You know, there's a shorter one. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you, and we'll. Uh... I see. I see. A, I see a story here via JTA, which doesn't this doesn't apply for quite a while, but pretty interesting. New York City public schools don't have the final two days of Passover off next year. Mm -hmm. The petition is trying to change that. Uh, New York City educators and parents are protesting after the city announced that public schools would be open for part of Pesach next year, mm -hmm. breaking from the long-standing tradition. Mm -hmm. The eight-day holiday has overlapped virtually every year with the city's spring break since 1973. 
when Jewish teachers successfully lobbied to guarantee the alignment. Next year, Easter and Pesach are separated by three weeks, making it impossible for the city's week-long school recess to overlap with both of them. You know why the that is? Year... Why is that? Because there's two others next year. Okay. So, but, but... This, I'm sure this happened before. There was two others a couple of years ago also. I mean, listen, different administrations see things uh, differently and run things differently. And uh, we're living in, we don't realize it because, you know, days go by very, very slowly and it looks like everything's the same all the time, but things change. Administrations change and people's attitudes change. And uh, there's a lot of friction and a lot of conflict uh, out there. And it's not always obvious, but, you know, people don't want to take yeah. into consideration the last two days of Pesach to accommodate who yeah, they, there's a quote, who they there's accommodate. There's a quote here. There's a quote here, Yocheva Diskin. She's an occupational therapist in a public school in West Harlem. And she said, I'm religious and I'm required by my religion to take off those days. And now yeah. I have to take extra two days off and I don't get paid at all for them. No. So it, it's not about, the, I don't think it's about the Jewish students per se as much as the, the teachers, therapists, the teachers. Yeah, that are yeah. Jewish. yeah of course. That's uh, what happened. Yeah. What yeah. happens to them now? Listen, they got to take vacation days or sick days. You know, that's what a lot of people do in business, you know, when they're not accommodated by the fact that there's uh, the Yom Tov and they're working in the business world. What are you supposed to do? You take a sick day, you take a vacation day. You can't complain about that, really. I hear you. I don't know. I don't know. Another problem that we uh, that we really can't solve. Anyway, I was and at is, the... That I meant did I mention that I was at the United Hatsala dinner on uh, no on when was it Tuesday night Tuesday night what's today today's the eighth so I was there June sixth uh, how was that uh, it was uh, very impressive uh, you know uh, Ellie Bear put together quite an organization seven thousand volunteers they changed the face of what it means to respond to an emergency medical situation in in Eretz Yisrael with usually uh, uh, most of their most of their response time is maximum of 90 seconds um, they get to uh, someone's always available uh, they have these uh, ambicycles so I, I was i was driving into the city on the way to his dinner actually i was on the williamsburg bridge and there was a solar ambulance apparently coming from williamsburg going into the city and no nobody was moving nobody was moving yeah now of course you can't transport a patient on a motorcycle you know, to a hospital. That's not what the ambicycles do. But they have any treatment. Yeah, they have the knowledge. They have the not. They have the knowledgeable paramedics or EMTs and the equipment on back of the motorcycle to be able to stabilize the patient until an ambulance can can get through. Anyway, uh, Robert Kraft. Like Robert Kraft was the guest speaker, the owner of the New England Patriots, and he mentioned that this Shabbos is his bar mitzvah pasha, bar Leisla, and he recited he recited part of the Haftorah. That he remembered uh, by heart, the beginning of the Haftorah and the end of the Haftorah, and uh, okay, I tell you, it, it, it was a magnificent, a magnificent show. That uh, and, and over twelve hundred people were at Cipriani's on on Wall Street. Traffic was impossible, but traffic is impossible everywhere. So uh, nothing new under the sun. New York, New York, it's impossible. Honestly, that's it. Seems like the. New York is an issue with traffic, and honestly, I don't know what's going to ever happen about that. But listen, those are our stories for today. Uh, 
Big thank you to our friends at Sensible Marketing for making this show possible. Shimmy, Ron, and Jeremy, you guys are awesome. They are the top people in the nursing home marketing field. Mm-hmm. So make sure if you need nursing home marketers that you reach out to Sensible Marketing. That is SensibleMarketing.com. It is the sensible thing to do. 